right, good morning, Liquid Church. Hey, let's hear for all our runners yesterday at Run for Rwanda. It was awesome. Welcome to all our campuses. Uh, I'm Pastor Tim, and uh, it was an incredible weekend of ministry. I want to thank all of those of you who came out to run, walk, or stroll. We did have over 2,100 people. Can we thank God for a perfect fall day? Like, it was amazing weather to see that, and uh, it was just so cool to see kind of you guys get up out of your seats and hit the streets. That's the heart of our church, and uh, it was really amazing uh, just to see so many different teams. Uh, there was one called Holy Walkamole, uh, you know, so many memories. Take a look at this. Uh, this is my friend uh, uh, Steve over here. He's carrying a cross of the thing, Kyle with uh, the jerry can. This is a father and son from Monmouth County campus. They actually filled jerry cans, so they had 40-pound uh, packs of water on their back as they ran a 5K, identifying with, with uh, Rwandans. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was amazing. Um, we actually had runners who flew in from out of state. Uh, I met a, a man named Cochise who flew in from Florida. I think he's actually here today. And a couple who flew in from the Dominican Republic. Uh, they're runners. Yeah, let's hear for DR. That's kind of fun. They're just like, we're, we're runners. We've never done an international 5K. And I was like, well, Persephone, New Jersey, welcome. You know, it's amazing. Uh, it was really cool. All right, are you ready for the total amount you guys raised? You ready to hear this? Now this, listen, this is a raw number because we're still counting donations as they come in. But yesterday, you guys raised over $100,000 for clean water in Rwanda, which is amazing, guys. That is incredible. Can't believe it. And now remember, that's, that's what you raised. And do the generosity of an anonymous donor, he is gonna double it. So that's just incredible. Can we thank God? That's what happens, right? God trusts us with some of his resources and we use it to help the global poor. And God says, I can do more than you ask or imagine. You know, yesterday I met actually a special guest um, who was, this was very personal for it. His name is Yannick and he is actually from Kigali, Rwanda. I have a picture of him here. He's on my right in the photo. He was three years old at the time of the genocide in 1994. And his mother and father were murdered uh, in the genocide. His brother and sister were killed with a machete. And as a three-year-old, he showed us the scar. He was actually sliced in the head with a machete from his ear all the way down his jaw. He is here in the States to get plastic surgery, reconstructive surgery uh, for the machete wound in his head. And somebody invited him, said there's this church doing a run for Rwanda. He said, I want to go and personally thank them. And so Yannick was here yesterday, and it was just incredible just to listen to him uh, talk about what the gospel means in a country where you had neighbors killing neighbors. He said, only the gospel has the power to forgive our enemies. And he says, and so we've experienced that freedom. We're healing physically, spiritually, emotionally. And so, you know, how humbling is that, guys, that we get to come alongside just our incredible brothers and sisters in East Africa as they rise from the ashes of genocide. So, guys, thank you so much. Uh, just because you participated, you ran, you walked, you strolled, um, we're going to be able to uh, give folks like Yannick clean drinking water for life uh, in Jesus' name. So, guys, you are part of a church. You are literally changing the world. Let's give God one more praise for all he's doing. It's awesome. All right, well, today we're diving in. It's the last week in our series. We're diving into the, the D in the L-I-Q-U-I-D, Liquid River. The D stands for Develop Untapped 
talent. And uh, at Liquid, you need to know this, we believe um, that God gives a special gift, a talent to every Christian to carry out a specific role um, that God has actually pre-written in his story for you to build his kingdom. So our dream as a church is to see every single person tap into their, their, their God-given talents and really their spiritual gifts so that you can serve Jesus and this world that he loves. In fact, it's important for you to know that right now uh, at every campus, you're sitting next to rock stars, okay? They're, like, they're not in like leather pants, but they're like ordinary, everyday rock stars. These ordinary people just use their superpowers uh, to advance God's kingdom. On any given Sunday, uh, there are people in your row who are using their gifts to mentor the next generation of kids and students, introduce them to Jesus. Uh, there are people using their gifts to actually help people park, you know, or grab a cup of coffee or find a seat at your, at, in the auditorium. There are artists, people who use their photography skills and social media, and they actually use, use it to bring God's word to life online. We have people in this church who are artists. They're musicians. They have the gift of musicality, and they, 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 they lead thousands in worship. They write their own music, and on and on and on and on. And what we do is we call these rock stars our dream team. Can you say that with me? Dream team. We often like to say teamwork make God's dream work. And uh, you notice they don't wear capes, they wear t-shirts. And uh, if you're already serving on a dream team at your campus, first off, you have my heartfelt thanks. But today, um, we just want to encourage and inspire and hopefully convince some of you who are not serving. Maybe you're sitting on the sidelines. Today, just as humbly and, and just as kindly as I can, I want to challenge you to get off your blessed assurance and get in the game, people, and help change the world. That's our goal. We want to develop your untapped talent. And I want to start with what the Bible says about spiritual gifts, because that's the name of them. And so if you have your group, Scott, we're going to turn to page 45. This is the key verse that it actually says, and I want to read this out loud together. It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can do what? Help each other. In other words, every Christian has a one-of-a-kind spiritual gift that's been given by God sovereignly to you. And it's not meant for you. It's meant to help build his body up. In other words, God's a bodybuilder. You understand this? And it really leads to this first big idea, a very simple idea today. I want to say this truth together. God has given you a gift. Can we say that? God has given you a gift. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's given you a gift, man. God's given you a gift, sister. All right, now, now how many of you, just show of hands, I'm curious, how many of you would actually say, well, I, I, I know what my spiritual gift is. Maybe you would, like that's not pretentious. Some people know that, like I, I know what mine are. Okay, cool, there's a, there's a number of you. All right. How many would say, I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about, or I'm not even sure if I have a gift. Okay, all right, it's about the same amount. How many of you would say, not only do I know my gift, I'm using it right now. I'm using it. I, awesome, so interesting to see this, okay? Because what we have found is that uh, many people don't know what their gift are or they don't have an idea. They think like, I think, you know, my love of poetry is a spiritual gift. That's not a spiritual gift according to the Bible. It's just a, a talent and that's okay. That's, that's a great talent. I like poetry, but I'm just, what I wanna do is teach you today what the spiritual gifts are and to do that, I'm I'm going to invite out Pastor Kyra to help teach with me today. Would you welcome Pastor Kyra? Come on out. Give her a hand. Hola. Hola, Kyra. Hola. How are you? 
Very good. What do you got with this today? I brought a gift because you said that we were going to be talking about gifts, so I brought one with me. So what is in the box? Ah, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Guys, what we're going to do, Karen and I, we just want to spend a few minutes kind of teaching you and unwrapping this idea of spiritual gifts so that you can discover yours. So Kyra, just tell us kind of what is a spiritual gift? Yeah, so if you turn right there on page 45, it says this, God's genius behind his church is the concept of spiritual giftedness. What are spiritual gifts? They are divine enablements, special God-given abilities that Jesus entrusts to every Christian to carry out the specific role that God created us to play in building his kingdom together. And today, you'll be invited to get out of your seat, step onto the playing field, join a ministry team, and use your spiritual gifts to serve God and bless others. So in other words, it is an ability given by God, given to all of us, to first serve in the church and make a difference and then overflow into the world. And every gift is God-given. Look at what Ephesians has to say. It says this. God has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. In other words, notice, you can't apply for a gift and you can't really earn it. A gift, by its very definition, is given. It is a gift of grace. Grace, which is God's undeserved favor, not just for the forgiveness of our sins, but also through God's creative generosity as he gives gifts and talents to every believer. Now, it's really important that you know what your spiritual gift is because the Bible warns against being ignorant, or Paul says uninformed about it. Uh, here's what 1 Corinthians 12 says. Paul writes this. He says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, so he's talking to the church family, I don't want you to be, what's the word, church? Uninformed. Now, what's kind of sad is that in a recent survey, about half of Christian adults said, I, I'm unaware. I don't know what my gift is. Or claimed, I don't think I even have a gift. Isn't that like for special pastors or something? So catch this. About 50% of the body of Christ are totally uninformed about their spiritual gift, like Paul says. And so Paul actually unpacks it here in 1 Corinthians. He says, okay, I'm going to give you a list in verses 7 through 11. Here's what he says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. So there's a gift of wisdom. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the ability or the power to perform miracles, and to another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern. You ever have someone who's like, man, they have a good gift of discernment, whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. Now notice like the wide variety of gifts here, right? Like some of them are, are, are the ones that people think of when they think of like, oh, like kind of like uh, spiritual things like performing miracles or healing. But then it also talks about like the gift of like wisdom. Like you've met somebody who lacks the gift of wisdom, right, or common sense. But it's more than that, it's actually the ability to discern God's will in a specific situation. So God loves variety, they're, they're all different, none of them are better than the other, but notice one thing, they have one thing in common. They all have the same giver. Amen. Paul says it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, let me tell you about this because it's one thing to like receive a gift from God, 
But it's a whole nother to take it out of the box. Guys, when I was married 16 years ago, my mom gave me an incredible gift. You guys want to know I actually brought it with me? You want to see what it is? Should I unwrap this box? Why not? All right, let me show you. This is what my mom gave me 16 years ago. She gave me the gift, you guys ready, of Lifetime Pots. <laughs> Who here remembers that brand? <laughs> the, the brand Lifetime is supposed to be this amazing brand. Like, it's long-lasting, guaranteed over a lifetime, hence the name. And apparently, cook, when you, you cook it food, when you cook it here, it tastes better. But here's the thing, I actually love food that other people make. I don't like to cook. And so I've had these pots and pans for 16 years and I don't know much about them. In fact, I will confess to you where I keep them in my house, okay? You guys wanna see where I keep them in my house? And no judgment, that's all I'm saying, if you can't relate to this story. I'm gonna show you a photo of my oven. Yes, okay, yes, yes, people, right, this okay. is true. This is where I keep my pots and pans. These babies are brand new because they are unused. Uh, but if you <laughs> notice, you'll, you'll see that only one of them actually looks a little used, and that's because my husband is the grilled cheese master in our household. <laughs> so this is his pot, uh, this that's is his, his pot, pan, yes. And the rest are unused They're just yours. stored there. <laughs> see, the, here's the thing. My mom gave me this gift with a purpose to serve my family, right. and yet I have kept the gift hidden and unused, and that is exactly what many of you do with the gifts that your father has given you. Many of you here, you're thinking, I don't know what the gifts are, I don't know how they function, I don't know how to use them. Your father has given you a gift, and it is hidden and unused. So let me ask you this, what are you hiding in your oven? Some of you have been given extraordinary abilities, and you don't use them, or you use them at work, but you don't use them at church. Or some of you may even think that you don't even have any gifts. Let me be clear about what the Bible actually says. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God has given you a gift. As a matter of fact, you probably have more than one. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. Most believers have multiple ones. And the whole idea is that God wants you to use your gifts to actually bring heaven to earth. But understand that the powers of hell have a different idea. They, they want you to keep your gift in the box, high up on the shelf, unused, don't use it. Because we want to keep the body of Christ weak and flabby. Mm -hmm. But today, what we want to do is help you unwrap your gift and actually put it into action as God intended. So before we kind of identify yours, and we're going to give you a tool to actually do that, what we want to do is just talk quickly about what spiritual gifts are not, because I think there's a lot of confusion mm -hmm. about that, just to help you understand what they are. So three things, if you're taking notes, that spiritual gifts are not. The first is that spiritual gifts are not necessarily natural talents, although they may be related. So for example, you may be a teacher during the week and you teach math to seventh grade boys. Well, that doesn't mean that we necessarily want you to teach the Bible to seventh grade boys. You could, although you might be thinking that is my own version of hell. And when I go to church, I like to be in heaven and that's okay. But some of you are incredible caregivers. So you serve as doctors, nurses, you work in hospice. You've been given the gift of mercy and compassion. Guess what? 
We have a lot of hurting people at church. Even some of you still have your uh, great ability to know your way around a spreadsheet. You know the numbers, you know finances. That is a gift of administration. You may think, what can I really do that with that gift at church? Well, how do you think we keep track of 5,000 people <laughs> here at Liquid Church? Data entry. And so these are natural abilities and talents that people are using to leverage them for the kingdom of God. Second thing is spiritual gifts are also not necessarily signs of spiritual maturity. So understand this, that every believer, uh, regardless of your age, your IQ, or your talent, you receive a spiritual gift, but it shows that the body of Christ is not like a one or two person show, okay? It takes a team. That's why we always say teamwork makes God's dream work. So if you have a certain gift, it doesn't mean that like you're more mature than somebody who has a different gift. For instance, like if you speak in, in tongues, for instance, but, but somebody else, I have the gift of serving, mm -hmm. one isn't like more spiritual than the other. It's just God likes variety and puts them in his body so it's holistic. Yeah. The third one is that spiritual gifts are not fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, the fruits of the spirit refer to the quality of the Christian character. The gifts, on the other hand, refer to the supernatural ability that God gives you. It is the expression through deed. If you want to know more about the fruits of the spirit, you can go to Galatians 5. There's actually nine of them. There's joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I feel like there's a song there somewhere. <laughs> but this is the important part that I want you to understand. All of us as believers of Jesus Christ must show the fruits of the Spirit, all of the fruits. But not every believer has the same gifts yeah. of the Spirit. Make sense? Yeah. That's, I think that's important because I think some people are like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have the gift of love and patience. I just don't have that. I'm just an angry person who doesn't, you know, I mean, that's not true. The reality is every, every Christ follower is supposed to have the fruits of the Spirit if you want to be more like Christ. But we're also to have these unique spiritual gifts and abilities. So what are they? Well, the Bible gives multiple lists of spiritual gifts. There's no one long comprehensive. And this week in your small group, you're actually going to look at three of them. You're going to look at 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Peter 4, I think, and Romans 12. And Romans 12, I love because I think it puts in plain language what the gifts are. And here's what Romans 12, verses 6 through 8 say. Um, in his grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God's given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So what is the gift of prophecy? Well, it's the gift of speaking boldly what God has put on your heart. Pastor Tim, you have the gift of prophecy. And you know how I know that? Because I come to church every week and I feel like you're speaking just to me. You guys feel that way? I'm like, is he reading my email? <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah, exactly. It says if your gift is serving others, serve them well. And some of you have the spiritual gift of serving. It means you actually just have the natural inclination to do something for someone else. Even if they don't know about it and like that's a thrill to you why because God has given you a supernatural spiritual gift to serve let me give an example of this um, Steve Salgado is part of our Somerset campus and uh, by day Steve is a successful IT professional but on Sundays he is I think he has a spiritual gift of beast mode uh, he helps he helps lead the roadies who tear down all of our portable environments so at the end of service basically when, when you guys go out to lunch and stuff Steve actually begins breaking down the stage the screens the projectors the road cases he loads up the trailers he often stays until three o'clock well, you know, many of us are like, we're home watching football and everything, but Steve just goes into beast mode. And uh, he's incredible, he has an incredible gift because by day, again, he uses his, you know, IT talents 
But he uses his spiritual gift of serving, his passion for Christ, his physical strength to serve every single week on the roadies team. Can we hear it for the roadies at all of our portable campuses? You guys are rock stars. Here's what the next gift says. If you are a teacher, teach well. Maybe some of you were a teacher and now all of your kids are grown up and you have a house empty. Did you know we have a group of high school girls that could use a godly mentor but also a godly place to meet at? And so when I think about this gift of teaching, I think about my friend Shannon DeJamos, okay? Shannon attends here in this county campus and she is a lawyer during the week for Gap, but on Sunday nights, she serves as a high school mentor and you're probably thinking well what does the two what's the connection there well she uses her abilities that she hones during the week as a lawyer abilities like listening well being able to mediate presenting two sides to every situation to be a voice of godly influence to high school girls and minister and pour into the next generation and why does she do that because God has given her a gift and she's not afraid to use it the next gift says if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. You know, God has given some of you the spiritual gift of exhortation or encouragement. It's actually how you make other people feel good. And so when I hear that, I think about my friend Alejandra Donoso. She's my sister from another mister. And she goes to Garwood. Uh, she's down in Garwood. And last week, actually, was the first week that she served as the volunteer care coordinator. What does she do? She's actually the person that encourages all of the volunteers in her campus by providing a warm and welcoming environment where they can eat, have some snacks, have some drinks after they've served. You guys think that the people in Garwood feel encouraged by Alejandra? Of course they do. And why does she do that? because she has a gift. Yeah, it really is remarkable how God has wired the, bo the body. If you look here in uh, Romans, it says, if it is giving, if your gift's giving, give generously, right? Now, many of you exercised that yesterday. You literally, you invested your time, you gave your money to the run for Rwanda. We're just so grateful for that. Last Sunday, uh, thousands of you gave, uh, really actually doubled the Sunday offering to wipe out school lunch debt. Uh, that's gonna be now over 3,000 low-income families in need who are gonna have their lunch debt canceled. Why? Because you took money that you said, you know what? This is just so easy for me. God has blessed me and I'm just here to be a blessing to other people. There are people who struggle their whole life and they don't, they're not able to get that. But some of you have that natural ability. And it does, I'm not talking about like, you, oh, you gotta be a rich person. Do you understand this? This has nothing to do with that. Look at this. Um, last week, this is so cool. A mom uh, emailed me about her twin boys. She has seven-year-old boys. And last Sunday, the kids were like so upset to hear that some you know, students don't have money to afford lunch. And so her two boys, their names are Hawk and Tillman. Um, they spent last Sunday afternoon baking cookies and put together a bake sale and they sold $150 of cookies and apple cider and then donated it to wipe out school lunch debt. Is that awesome? That's awesome. Any age. Every age has spiritual gifts. It's just when you see a need and you're like, I've got to do something to help give above and beyond. It's a really beautiful thing to see that exercise in our church. Yeah. Now the Bible goes on to say, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So when I think about this gift, I'm thinking about the ability that God gives to some people to minister to other people. So I think about my friend Ed Talamanca. Okay, Ed oh, yeah. serves in our <laughs> mountainside campus. During the week, he has a 
master's in social work, and so that's what he does for a living. But on Sunday mornings, he serves as a team coach in the parking lot where he actually gets to spread kindness like confetti, <laughs> welcoming everyone to the parking lot, encouraging them to where they have to park, greeting them with a high four and a warm smile because he wants everyone to feel welcomed before they set foot inside of the building. It's interesting because at the end here, Paul challenges, he says, if God has given you a leadership ability, so not just leadership, but an ability, this is interesting, it says take that responsibility seriously. And what's interesting is because the Bible actually calls out leadership as a specific spiritual gift. It's not like just like a, a genre of business talk leadership. Most people assume, well, isn't leadership for like, you know, like CEOs or like presidents or like, you know, politicians or past, I, I'm not a leader. Or they get confused and they say, well, most, are, aren't most of these under the umbrella of leadership? What's the difference, right? Between encouraging or leading or, or serving? Let us explain this with an illustration, okay? Just in your head for a minute. I want you to imagine that you, um, you go to lunch today and you have apple pie. Somebody serves an apple pie at the end of lunch and they hand you a slice and the plate is, is on the edge of the table though, okay? And so as you put your fork into the apple pie, boom, it flops into your lap, okay? So now you got apple pie in your lap. Freeze right there, okay? Now if you're watching that, your response, probably gives a hint as to what your spiritual gift is. Uh, for some of you, you might see that happen, it flops into your lap, and I say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened, but there are three ways you can avoid that. You should have pushed the plate a little bit farther that way. <laughs> if you hold your fork this way, you'll get a better slice. Yes. Be, if that's your, how many of you know that person who responds that way, okay? <laughs> that means you have the gift of teaching, okay? Which, just P.S., is not very helpful in that situation. <laughs> So for some of others of you, you may be seeing the person with the apple pie and they're like, oh my gosh, let me help you. Here's a napkin. Let me wipe you up. Let me wipe that chin off for you. That is, if that's you, you have the gift of serving. Yeah. So if you, you know, that would be the most helpful thing in that. But some of you actually would go, this is kind of my wife. She's such an empathetic person. Like she just feels people's embarrassment or pain. If you, if that happened to someone at your, your dinner table and you're like, I'm so sorry. Oh no, I'm so embarrassed. You, don't, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. This happened to me one time. In fact, you know what? Don't worry about it. And then you like dump it on your lap. See, me too. I'm messy, you know? <laughs> you, you have the gift of encouragement or mercy. You, you, you don't want other people to suffer and you want to speak courage into them. Now, if you're the person that's going to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me give you my apple pie. In fact, apple pie for everyone. Let's put some whipped cream on it. If that is your reaction, you have the gift of giving. <laughs> that's right. And those of you who say, all right, you know what? Everyone freeze. We can get this thing cleaned up, but uh, listen, you get a paper towel. Go ahead, go get a paper towel. You get a mop, and uh, I got a vision where this will never happen again. You have the gift of leadership, okay? Uh, you take charge, you see what could be, right? And have it again, not always helpful. But notice what God says if He's given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. Here's the scandal, guys. It's kind of funny, but many of you have the gift of leadership, but the truth is, you're not leading anything. It's sitting in the box, unused, unactivated. And there's nothing more tragic in God's house than when you're a leader, maybe in the marketplace, but you're not in the church. There's nothing more tragic in a believer's life than when you're aware of the gifts that God's given you, but you keep them hidden or high up on the shelf unused. That was actually the case for my friend Robert Barba. Uh, Robert and his family, many of you know him, he moved to Liquid five years ago from Oregon. 
And during the first year that he was here, he kind of sat on the sidelines until he saw a need and actually used his gift of leadership that God gave him. Um, at the time, our church was about to move into our broadcast campus, a brand new building, and it was bigger uh, than anything we'd ever seen before, that the building's bigger than Walmart. And we had no security team, remember Correct. that? Yep. We were sort of freaking out because our church met in hotels. So we always had hotel security, mm -hmm. like we never even gave it a thought. And so here we are, we're moving into, you know, churches are a soft target, right? And there's all these mass shootings. Our world has gone crazy. And we're like, we don't have no experience with security. We don't have a team. How do we even get it to the other campuses? Mm -hmm. We were completely overwhelmed by that. We're like, how do we even build security and then scale it to seven other portable, you know, locations? Somebody with the gift of leadership needed to raise their hand. And that's when Robert Barba stepped up to help. Watch this. I'm Robert Barba. I have three kids at home. I'm married to a beautiful bride. I'm a CFO by day. Um, I've been an executive now for about 15 years. I oversee uh, an IT department, an HR department on top of finance and accounting. So a very busy day. We moved to New Jersey about five and a half years ago. I had actually found Liquid online. So we attended it. Um, and after the second time, we fell in love with it. It was fun. We enjoyed Sundays. There was an energy behind coming to church. I was surprised. I was surprised with uh, the expansion that was happening in uh, Morris County with the new facility that we were moving into. And then I was approached. I was approached with the million dollar question, which was, would you like to uh, form, develop, grow the security team? My immediate answer was yes. I was excited, I couldn't wait, but we had nothing. It was from ground zero, no relationships with municipalities, there were no cameras in the facility uh, because the building was getting built. It was all starting from ground zero. But the background I had in my day job, I took that and applied that to the church where I put together a specific policy and procedure, onboarding, um, the requirements, the positions, what we do. Best part about it is the folks that I had interviewed, they, they ranged from anywhere from a grandmother, okay, to dock workers, to law enforcement, to medical team. Um, we actually have a few married couples on the team. Everybody loves each other. The, the brother and sisterhood that we have created is just absolutely amazing. So the whole purpose and, and mission of the security team is really, it's, it's protecting the children. It's protecting the flock. It's making sure, especially in today's day and age, that someone doesn't walk into the building and try to do harm. It's not about having a security label on your, on your shirt. It's not about confronting people. It's about loving them. It's about caring for them. When people come to church, they want to feel safe. They want to feel comfortable. They want to be loved. And we want to love them. And that's what the team is about. We have a great relationship with local municipalities, um, actually across all of our campuses, because this has expanded beyond just Morris County. This is at all campuses. And the thing that's great about the police officer presence is you can see that they're thirsty for God. And it's exciting to see that. So with the security team, I do it with love. I do it with compassion. And God shows me the time and the path to follow in order to get that done during the day. In the Bible, you have Timothy, who's an apprentice to Paul. I take a look at Carlos as, as my um, apprentice. He is loaded with energy. He has a passion for Christ. And so we talk about what's the next steps. What are we dealing with? Onboarding, who's coming on? It's raising him to the next level. It's hero making. If I take a look at what we've done with Carlos, it's absolutely amazing. The key thing with Carlos, which is really a huge blessing for me, is it allows me to visit other campuses. Just like I did last week when I was able to visit with Garwood to spend time with my other brothers and sisters as they continue to grow in their leadership in those campuses. So you might think that the enemy's 
Ephesians is telling you not to serve, that you don't have a gift. But the Bible tells us everybody has a gift. And that's the key thing. Get off and serve. Find inside your heart what that passion is, what that gift is. And it doesn't matter where you start. Look, by day I'm a CFO. At church, I'm a security person. It's the passion, it's the drive. I wasn't gonna sit there too long because I needed to get out there. I needed to do God's work. So what does God have on your heart that would call you out to serve and serve along your brothers and sisters here at Liquid Church? Can we hear it for Robert, Barba? We are so thankful for the Barba family. And our whole security teams at all of our campuses. It's actually pretty amazing. Uh, and it's not just about like getting somebody an earpiece. Uh, Robert put together with a team a comprehensive plan. You know, we've got cameras everywhere. We actually have this thing called the eye in the sky. Mm -hmm. We're eyes on every classroom, every corridor, who's going in and out of restrooms, secure areas. And so it's pretty remarkable. He even actually coordinated active shooter trainings. Uh, with the local police, which is really kind of remarkable. So to me, it's cool to see not only a leader who thinks, how do I get it done? But then how do I raise up other leaders? That's the gift of leadership. And I think it's so cool too about his story that we actually had a gap in our ministry and yeah. he used his gift to fill it. Like we had a gap that we weren't even aware of. Yeah. And Robert had the perfect gift to fill that. Aren't you glad that Amen. he did not keep that uh, yeah. gift hidden in the oven <laughs> and he actually used it right. to build the body of Christ? Now, the interesting thing is you may be like, well, yeah, that's great for Robert. You know, he knew what his gift was. He saw a need. He got involved. Um, but I'm not sure where I fit. Okay, well, here's the deal. We want to be real practical today. Um, Kyra and her team put together two tools for you. They're going to help you unwrap your gift. Yes, yeah, so first. I'm excited to let you guys know that we have actually placed a spiritual gifts assessment in our app. So I'm going to invite you to take out your phone right now here at church. You have permission to take on your phone and be on it because I want to make sure that you know where our online assessment is located. So once you open up your app, you can go ahead and click on Sunday which will take you to another link called group guides and videos. You click on that and that will get you to the spiritual gifts assessment. You click there on that link and there's the assessment. Now you will have 30 minutes this week in all of your small groups to take this little assessment. It takes about 30 minutes. You answer some questions and it will confirm what some of the gifts that you have already been identifying for yourself this morning. And if you're not in a small group, don't worry. You can still take the assessment. All you have to do is download our app. Yeah, it's completely free. Again, you'll do it in your small groups. You don't have time to do it right this morning. Um, but I think it's going to be very, very helpful to you. The second thing we're doing today is we're actually hosting a Dream Team Expo at every campus. We're ending the service in a few minutes so that you can actually go out into the lobby of your campus, just see the different ministry teams um, that are serving. And then if you've got a gift to use, if you have a sense, because I know some people are like, I, I kind of mm -hmm. know what my gift is or my inclination, we have a role for you. In fact, right now, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward to every campus. You guys can come on down. They're part of our guest connections ministry team. And uh, we want to let you know what some of the teams are. And so we're going to give you a handout that actually shows you between the 10 and 13 ministry teams, what we call dream teams at every campus. So you can just take one and pass it down your row. We want everybody to have one of these kind of ministry maps here. And what you'll notice on I Love is kind of cool is it matches up the teams to the different gifts, right? So like if you're like, you, uh, you have a gift of serving or administration, you may want to be part of the data team. You're like, I can't serve on Sunday, but I can like, I can help with spreadsheets, you know, during the week. Or you're like, you know what? I, hospitality, I love serving uh, other people and bringing joy to them. 
So Kyra, talk to us a little bit about data and office admin. Yeah, so those are the opportunities that we have for you to serve uh, outside of Sunday morning. So data is remote. You can serve on that during the week, like Pastor Tim said. And then office admin is your ability to use your gifts of administration during the week and help doing different tasks yeah. here at church. Now, our ushers are part of our guest connections. Tell us about guest connections yeah. and what that is. So if you have the gift of hospitality, okay, you love welcoming new people to church, you love to make new friends, consider serving in guest connections or a cafe because those are the teams that do that every week. You can see there's a whole variety from media teams all the way to family and high school. In fact, this is uh, important to mention to you. We've actually now surpassed a critical marker in the growth of our church, we now serve over 1,000 children and students every single Sunday, um, which is a big deal. And so I was talking to Pastor Susie about this and she told me an interesting fact uh, about our swelling population of kids. She said, Tim, think of it this way. The reproduction of new babies in our church is outpacing our reproduction of new leaders. In other words, there are more kids coming to Liquid than dream teamers to love on them. So first off, Great job at reproduction, everybody. That's like, good, good, good job, married folks, okay? Uh, so, uh, you know, heated fellowship. All right, that's great. That's, that's awesome. But here's the deal. We have to reproduce new leaders at every level at every campus. Now, let me flag something for you with this because you'll notice some ministry teams on here, for instance, Liquid Family, Special Needs in High School, they require an application process. They, they require actually an interview. We do background checks. It's not like, I like kids, here's a t-shirt, and I'm going in next Sunday with the nursery. That's not mm -hmm. gonna happen, okay? So there are some teams you can get involved mm -hmm. with right away. Others have a more, they have qualifications you have to meet before you can join the team. And that's the security team, for example. You, to serve on that team, you actually have to serve six months elsewhere and that is because the security team doesn't really want any cowboys around the campus okay <laughs> we actually want people who are able to work well with others and have spent time leading them in order to serve there so when you walk out of here in about two minutes we want you to go out and just kick the tires meet with some of the leaders they're gonna be out there they don't bite they would love to tell you a little bit more what's involved and we can promise you we're not gonna burn you out now what do people do like Kyra because I can tell some people I'm like they're probably like I don't even know where to begin, man. Yeah, so if that's you, if you're thinking, you know, what should I do? I don't really feel either drawn to any of these or it's kind of a mix. I feel drawn, but I don't know where to start. Can I just say something? Just start serving somewhere. Can we say that all together? Start, <laughs> start serving, serving somewhere. somewhere. Do you guys know where I started serving somewhere seven years ago when I first came to this church? In Espanol, because that's where the need was. See, I have the gift of speaking in tongues. I speak English and I speak Spanish. <laughs> Any Boricuas in the house? Boricua? Yo soy Boricua, para que tú lo sepas. I know my people what? in Nali and Garwood, they're like, yeah, girl, yeah. What is <laughs> Pastor Shakira right there. I was like... I had to do it. Uh, but that's where I started serving, in Espanol, because that's where the need was. But then the Holy Spirit uncovered a gift of faith that he placed in me, because I have uh, two children, and I am passionate about passing on the faith to the next generation. And so Liquid Family approached me sometime later and said, would you consider becoming a part-time employee and working as a Liquid Family coordinator? And I said, you know what? I can take that pot out of my oven. And I said, yes. 
And I started serving there. And then a couple of time later, someone said, you know, I see in you the gift of encouragement and administration. And we have a role to fill here as the campus coordinator in this campus, responsible for overseeing all of the Sunday service logistics. Would you consider serving there? And I said, well, I love logic. I can take that pot out of my oven as well. And I said yes, and I started serving. And then two years, uh, just two years ago, uh, the leadership team at Liquid approached me and said, you know, we see a gift in leadership in you. Would you consider becoming the campus pastor in the, in the broadcast campus? And I gotta be honest with you guys, that was the scariest pot that I've ever <laughs> taken out of my oven. But I actually said yes, and it has been the most spiritually fulfilling and rewarding. And Pastor Tim, you kind of have drawn the gift of teaching out of me, mm -hmm. and now I get to do this with you every now and then, which is awesome. And guys, I have to be honest, Give yes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> guys, I'm gonna be honest. If someone has said to me seven years ago that I would be doing this, I would have been like, you live in La Vida Loco, my friend. <laughs> but it happened because I started serving somewhere. Yeah, so guys, we're, we're just, we just want to invite each of you to unwrap your gift, start serving somewhere. And so what we're going to do is we're going to end the sermon right now. And we're going to actually dismiss you out to the lobby at your campus. Go visit the tables of the dream team leaders. Talk to them. Um, just ask a little bit about it. And here's what I can promise you. Even if you don't have experience, we will train you this fall. And here's my promise. We will not burn you out. Mm -hmm. there, there are some churches where you feel like if I, if I get my name down, they're going to burn me out. I'm going to be locked in for life. Not so here, okay? You are going to serve with some of the finest people around. And today, I really feel like for some of you, it may be this moment. This is the moment where God is calling you down from the sidelines to get out on the field. Actually, come down from the bleachers and get in the game and serve. Remember what God's word actually commands. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So why? So we can help, help each, each other. other. So there are people here who need your help this fall. And it really is crucial for our church, every campus, every able-bodied man, woman, and student, we want you active in using your gift to serve and build the body of Christ. So Amen. let's pray, and then we'll have your campus leader give instructions for heading out to the lobby to meet our dream teams. Pastor Kyra, can you pray? Absolutely, I'd love to pray. Church, let's bow down our heads. Father, we just thank you for the gift of the truth of your word, which says that every believer has been given a supernatural ability to first serve you, yes. Lord, and then make a difference in the world. And so I just thank you for that truth. And I pray that as your word has been spoken, God, that it would be delivered with the purpose for which you intended it, that people would understand they are needed in this church and they have a purpose and a plan divinely designed by you. And so I pray that our people would feel inspired and challenged to now go out and start serving here in your church. And we thank you for the works that you have prepared in advance for each and every one of us, Lord. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen, amen. Amen.